When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Planet Talk podcast. We are your hosts, Gerald Trinidad and Vienna Ortiz. This podcast is your favorite place to talk all things planners and planner-related conversation. By listening to Planner Talk, you'll get practical and actionable strategies for planning while paired with conversations about hot topics in the planner community, interviews with shop owners and influencers, and tips on business and following your passion. This podcast will always give you the dose of good conversation, practicality, realness, and motivation you need to be your best self. Hello and welcome to another episode. Today marks our 20th episode of our podcast and we are so excited to be celebrating this milestone. We also just hit over 10,000 listens so we just wanted to say thank you so much for your support and for always pressing play. We would not be having this much fun without you guys. We also wanted to say thank you so much to our guests that we've had on so far for sharing your heart for sharing your tips and your tricks with our listeners. We know that you guys as listeners have really enjoyed listening to these amazing guests. So for today, we wanted to share a mashup of our episodes 1 through 19. And if you really loved a portion of this mashup and you wanted to see what episode that was on so that you can go back and listen to the full thing, there will be timestamps in the description you can go ahead and check out that episode. But again, just thank you guys so much for constantly supporting the podcast. And we hope that you guys enjoy this little mashup and this little walk down memory lane. So if you're not looking to do that, you're still a part of the community. There's no rules um, as to how you have to act or how you have to show up. And I feel like some people might feel like they're not a part of it because they're not doing some specific type of thing, whether it be posting or, or doing YouTube videos or whatever it might be. Right. I mean, I feel like you could totally be part of the community, whether you're posting on social media or not, you could not have a, and I see this a lot. You could not have a planner Instagram because that's not a requirement. um, And be part of planner, you know, Facebook groups and contribute that way just say hey your planner looks cute or i really like this pen or whatever that makes you part of the community as long as you're participating you're you're part of it there's no definition of like am i part of the community because i don't know yeah so some people might have um just questions in general um they might just have a shop or they might just be on instagram trying to like fix their feed a specific way. Um, So how can they find their own personal aesthetic? So I would say the easiest way to find your shop aesthetic is think of it as you are marketing um, a business. So it's basically the same thing, except you are just marketing and branding yourself. So I would say, think about what you really like. So what colors do you like? What things do you like? What is what is your favorite planning style that makes you happy? And put all of that together in all of your photos 
and eventually your feed is going to look curated and aesthetically pleasing. So for example, um, if you go to my feed, I love bright white anything. Like the reason why I chose uh, my apartment is because there's a whole bunch of natural light. So I include that in all of my photos. Um, I love, I'm really into like dried floral right now. So when you go into my feed, you'll see a lot of dried floral. You'll see a lot of plants. Um, I'm really into neutral colors right now. So you'll see a lot of that on my feed. And I think to the best way to, the best and easiest way to curate um, a, a aesthetically pleasing feed is really just be true to yourself and post things that you like because I mean, eventually it's all gonna look the same because it's the things that you like and not what you're copying from someone else, I would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my best tip. Put, put the things that you like on there. So for example, if you're posting photos of your planner and say you like, I don't know, the color green, you know, keep it the color green, put a lot of plants in it if you like plants, put the same thing over and over so it looks curated. But if you are someone that you feel is being copied, know that no one has your brain, no one has, no one else has your heart and you just kind of have to put your head down, put your blinders on and just keep going, you know, because in a way we kind of need those people that in quote copy us to kind of push us. Um, it can either make or break you, but I do see how, like personally, I, I can get kind of annoyed with things when I see it. I'm like, oh, it's the same thing as this other person. Like, you know, but really if you are a shop owner, like, people that have followed and loved you and supported you, they're going to stick with you. But I, I want to say that, you know, like in terms of, of keeping on brand, I mean, that is something that, I mean, I always have known what I liked. Like I know that I have a very feminine aesthetic. I know I have a very soft aesthetic. It's just who I am. So I think a lot of my brand is just an extension and expression of who I am. Um, at the same time, like, I understand that this is like, in order to have a viable business, you always have to be kind of open-minded. I mean, it's, it's difficult sometimes because like, you know, there's a lot of people who want different things. And as a business owner, you are basically in service to your community. And so like, it's, it's a balance between taking feedback and constructive criticism and seeing what people want with sticking with your brand, because there are colors that I'm like uncomfortable with, but if I work with it, it can still be me and it can still be my aesthetic. But there's also like times where I see something and it's just like, it is not me. <laughs> and I know, and so it's just kind of like the check-in. It's like a check-in with yourself to be like, is this something that really like, that feels right? That feels like it's in alignment. It's just being really rooted in what you love and being true to that. I've, I've experienced something similar, but totally different where it does take a toll on you. Like you, you start, you know, being on the other side, right? And maybe you can vouch for this, that you start questioning yourself and your abilities and why you started what you started. Is it even worth it? I don't know. I just want to say like, if there's some, some company is something did you wrong, especially a small business, somebody that runs it and really like grew that idea into something, like, number one, if there is a problem, I would say, like, contact them personally and really figure out if 
like if it's a misunderstanding or if it's really what it is. Um, but I do understand that sometimes like some people have contacted people and there's like no answer whatsoever, but just know that whatever action you take after that, I mean, it, it can take a toll on one, the owner, and it can also take a toll on you too, because people will go after you too, especially if you're going after a brand or a shop that has a great reputation. And then when I got in there, um, like I said, a lot of people, everybody, they had note cards. They were ready. And I was like, I'm not ready like that. But I went up there behind Erica. I think her name is Erica. Yeah. And when I went behind her, I just felt really, um, I felt like I'm not going to make it. This, she had everything. She, if she was an attorney, I would want her to represent me. She had facts upon facts upon facts. She had everything. She knew everything about her business. And I was just saying, oh my God, if they ask me those questions, what am I going to tell them? I didn't, I wasn't ready like that. I was really scared when I went up on that stage behind her. But I was like, you know what? You don't get this black girl magic today. And I'm just going to be myself. And that's all I can be. On myself. I was gonna Even say, when I talk to Craftsmith, I'm on myself. I don't right. change for nobody. And that's that's what it is right there. People think sometimes I need this entire script and look at you. You were just like, I know my business from my heart, right? And it was yes. just like whatever right. comes out of this heart of mine is take it or leave it. And yes. that's what I'm getting from you. And it's yeah. like super inspiring. So you have to be like that. You have yeah. to be like that. Sometimes you don't need a script. You don't you need you just need to talk from the heart. Okay, so the first tip we want to chat about is posting consistently and posting at the best time. So I'm going to give you a little fun fact here. Uh, you can almost double your follower growth rate by moving from less than one post, post per week to one to six posts a week. You can more than double your follower growth rate again by moving from posting one to six times per week to once or more per day. So what do you think about that, Jared? Like, do you post consistently and at specific times or is it just whenever you feel like posting? I'll be honest, when I was consistent, um, I would actually go into the insights of my Instagram. I like to play around with the time where I see, like sometimes I'll post around noon and see if I get more engagement then. And then the next week on the same day, I'll post at like 6 a.m. to see if it's the same thing. So I kind of play around because over time, your audience is active at different times. And so that's why your, your tools, like your insights that Instagram gives you, you want to go in there because everybody's kind of a little different, right? realize that nothing not everything can get done only so many things can get done in the hours that you have in the day and I kind of a self-care has really been in my head where it's if you worked your eight hours in the day and you did everything that you can you're not a bad entrepreneur because you're not working 12 hours that day you're not a bad entrepreneur because you're not getting every single op open order out at the end of the day you're doing something good if the orders are coming in still and that's where I've learned that during the day-to-day, -day, set your goals, achieve your goals, and just keep it moving. And I, it, that's kind of like the answer to the question is, on a day-to-day -day basis, it changes every day, but the main like foundation of my days is my three goals, 
achieving those goals and so celebrating at the end of the day at the end of the day that I achieved those goals. So if you take anything away from this podcast today, just take that away that keep yourself accountable for your, your top three, but also don't pressure yourself too much if you don't get those done. Because life is life. Things happen like today, you line, debacle. Things just happen and it, you just got to keep rolling with the punches. Yes, reward yourself. Definitely reward yourself because it's a lot. You know, trying to come out with the project, come out with the photos, editing the photo, um, you know, writing the right captions, finding the right hashtags, and then engaging with other people. It's it's a lot. So yes, when you reach that goal, definitely you deserve it. Pat yourself on the back and, you know, I mean, set realistic goals, you know, not too easy and not too hard because otherwise we'd have a planner every week, right? <laughs> or something, you know, a whole new, you know, stick washi sticker or whatever, just, just something reasonable, yes. you know, realistically. Absolutely. Like I said, when I, when I first set out to, to create Moxie Life or even just the product, it could, it would have been really easy for me to find every reason why I couldn't or shouldn't do it because I didn't know what I was doing. And I remember specifically um, the day that it had kind of, I can feel it like where it settled into like, you know, your bones, like, yes, I'm doing this. And in that conviction um, was born a passionate me that was going to go ruthlessly after my dream. Um, so I think that that's important to make sure that you are passionate about what you're doing because it's going to be a rough ride. But from that space, anything's possible. And um, I remember telling my husband, I'm like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do one thing every single day. Just one. I have no idea. So it'll unfold. Like I remember the very first thing I did was um, buy my domain, moxielife.com. I, I actually, the number one thing was I came up with the name. Um, and then I bought the, bought the website and then I'm like, okay, then I'm going to buy the hosting. Then I'm going to buy, and it's just literally, I didn't have a plan. I didn't break it down in advance, but I thought, okay, what's the one thing I'm going to do today? And then slowly one thing turned to three, three things turned to five, five things turned to 10. And it's just, it's just amazing to me. And I see this time and time again in my own life and my client's life. And, and now our community's life, how, when you take action, you sometimes don't know the road that's going to come out in front of you, but when you take that step, a path appears. Tips on starting a YouTube channel, number one would be picking a niche. I think it's really important to have to kind of niche down on what you want to talk about. Because if you're going to have, you know, planners and you're going to have, you know, makeup, it's almost two different things. I just feel like the more niche down you are, the easier you're going to be found in that particular category you know what I mean because you want to be sort of kind of like an expert I want to say and an expert like you don't have to be like a pro I feel like if you're a step or two steps you know ahead of someone you have that's credibility right there you know what I mean you always have something to share and even if there's things that you don't know about if you're honest with your viewers and you kind of share like, Hey, I didn't know about this, but I found this out. I think people like that a lot. I, pe I think people on YouTube really want transparency. Second to that is probably the support system. And 
under like getting your family on board or whoever, you know, your partner, whatever, getting them on board with understanding that this is important to you if if it's something that you really want to do. So starting off with maybe one video a week and saying, I need this day at this time to film these videos, that would be great. You know, everyone like my family knows on Sundays from one to two, it's quiet time. <laughs> So they all go, everyone goes to their rooms. They go to like the four corners of the house. Everything's quiet, you know, and then they, they just know. So it's important to communicate that to the people around you, that this is important to you. And it's something that you want to do because having the people around you support you is going to make it that much easier and, and less stressful and less of a hassle. Um, nowadays, the only thing I have to worry about is my super needy chihuahua back there, like barking at something. Right. So it's just know the season of life that you're in and don't expect to immediately start off YouTube thinking that you're going to do three videos a week because it is not realistic. It is so not realistic. There are weeks where I'm like, I don't know if I can even get one video up. It just happens. And then other weeks, I, it's easy. Um, but it's not like that every single week. And like now we're coming up on like planner launch season and that just throws a curveball into all of my content. I don't really do a whole lot of planner launches anymore, uh, but um, so hopefully it will be nice and calm over here. Because think of YouTube as like billboards. If let's say, okay, this is how they're kind of putting your uh, video in front of audiences. When you have a billboard, people are paying, some people who already have big channels, already have a lot of watch people watching and are already bigger. Unfortunately, they get the billboard that's like on um, Hollywood Boulevard, I guess. They get that space. And so people are seeing their videos more, it's popping up on their feed more and they're just getting that prime spot for real estate. But if you're somebody who's new and you don't already have a lot of watch time, you don't have a lot of subscribers, viewers, you're going to get probably like a small little bench um, poster, <laughs> like when you're sitting right there waiting for the bus, unfortunately. And so your video is not getting pushed as much. And so your ads are not being watched as much. So in this sense, yes, unfortunately, the people who are already doing well continue to do well and they continue to make more and more money. But with work and dedication, you can get to that spot. But I want you to realize that it's going to take you a while to move from a poster, you know, on the side of a streetlight to then the poster on the bus stop to then maybe a billboard somewhere random and then a billboard on Hollywood Boulevard. It's just going to take time to get there, but the ads is what's going to get you paid. Um, so that's kind of like in a nutshell. Um, and guys, there's so many people on YouTube. It's really just going to take you niching down like we talked about in the first um you know in the first episode and being consistent and just waiting until you get to that point so i think everybody's initial idea is to start off on etsy because they think it's great for beginners right and it is good for beginners because you don't have to do a lot of work to start you just have to open your shop you list your items and you're good to go the problem with etsy as a planner shop owner is 
Well, one, a lot of people think that Etsy brings in a lot of search traffic, which yes, if you do your SEO and you wait and you do all the things that Etsy wants you to do and you switch it up when Etsy switches it up, sure, like the search algorithm might bring you some customers, but it it's probably going to take a while and it's probably going to be very minimal because there's a lot of competition on Etsy. And the problem with planner stickers is they're such low cost items that the or the fee structure of Etsy does not lend well to planner shops because you see these planner shops that are having like $1 Wednesdays or $2 Tuesdays and it's like you're putting so much of your pricing into fees so you have to sell thousands and thousands and thousands of stickers to make any sort of decent profit to live off of because this is live, anything could happen. So this is a disclaimer that our sound might be a little bit different from what you're used to listening and hearing. Um, there might be a bunch of background noise. I know from my end, because of course, the day that we're recording, I get someone doing yard work right outside my window. <laughs> so just, you know, bear with us. Thank you for being here and hanging out with us on this Friday, yay! Yes, and we have that's what I meant about background noise. <laughs> I so can gonna, hear it. Oh, really? Okay, good, 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 good. So, we're gonna talk about planner launch, right? It's absolutely so. What I love about planning is that you can incorporate more than just your schedule and your meetings, you can incorporate habit trackers, you can incorporate to-do lists, uh, dashboards with your routine. So those three things that I just mentioned are really great ways to reinvent and just get excited about self-care again. Because if you do things out of habit and just because, you know, oh, I get my nails done every few weeks or, oh, I go to therapy once a month, I think that you can become detached from it. So if you are looking to just reinvigorate your self-care routine or just get started, I highly recommend first sitting down to brainstorm what your goals are and you can use your planner for that. You know, you can use computer paper, whatever you desire. I used mail once, <laughs> junk mail. But after you sit down and you get serious about your goals and your intentions with self-care, then it, may, it might become clear how to incorporate sort of the practical steps of carrying out your intentions and your goals. So for me, one thing that I am really big on recently is getting to a gallon of water every day. I think that's a really practical self-care goal that I'll mention. So I have habit trackers. I have it as part of my AM, PM routine. It's drink water, drink water. I have phone reminders. So it's not just the paper planner, it's my phone as a digital planner too. I'll have reminders throughout the day to drink water. So after you sit down and get clear on your goals and intentions, I think that'll help you figure out how you want to practice your self-care. So yes, I have been in a planner. I think most of us have had a planner. It's almost like I would compare it to a writer's block almost. So you know, where you just can't write anything and you just, you want to write, but you don't know what you want to write. So for planners, I would say you want to plan, you still have plans to do, you have things to do, but you just don't have the motivation 
or energy to put it down on a planner. Not per se not getting things done, but just the act of utilizing the planner as a tool to help you do the things that you need to get done on a day-to-day basis. So what about you, Vienna? Have you been in a planner rut? What I do a lot is compare budgeting to a road trip. It's a lot like a road trip. You go on the road trip, you get your plan together, you look at the map and you see, okay, I'm starting here and that's where I want to go. Oh, and then you make a wrong turn. It's it's probably going to happen or you pull off at the wrong exit or there's construction and now you're on a detour. You know, all of those things pop up and are very normal. And when I'm sitting down with somebody and and I use this analogy, I always see the face light up when I say, you know, you don't pull off the side of the road and say, I guess I'm just not going on this trip. I'm giving up on the whole trip. Yeah, it's not. It's kind of what it's like. Not, yeah, you're not, you don't even, you don't think about it. You pull out your map or you pull out your thing or you reroute or you pull up ways or you, you know, you find a way to get where you need to go or, oh, you know, we went the first, you know, 300, 400 miles and now we need to get gas. And so you pull off and you get gas and then someone's hungry. So it's going to take a little bit longer. It's just like your finance experience. Sometimes it's going to take a little bit longer. Sometimes someone needs a little something extra. Sometimes you need to stop for a little bit because something comes up. Um, it's, it's just like that. And I think the difference between the two scenarios is that people beat themselves up a lot when it comes to money, like a lot. Um, and people don't really do that with road trips. So, so we hope that you enjoyed a little mashup from episodes one through 19. If you enjoyed a particular part of it, check below for timestamps so that you can see what episode it's from and you can check it out. Again, we would not be having this much fun if it wasn't for you guys listening. So we hope that you continue to press play and we are so excited to share another 20 episodes with you guys. We have so many fun things coming up. So thank you for listening and we will see you in the next episode.